Three, two, one, start. What's up, guys? Episode two of Chillin' with Dylan. Um, title still in the works, but we're going to keep with that for right now. I'm here with uh, Danny Murphy. He's my uh, big bro in my, my fraternity Phi Gamma Delta. And also, we graduated last year from University of California, Irvine. He's a mechanical engineer, and here he is. Danny, want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. Like Dylan said, my name is Danny. I just graduated this past June. Um, with a mechanical engineering degree, and I'm currently working at a company called Toka Football here in Costa Mesa. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, Danny was the first person I met at UCI a long time ago. Um, we were at a Aldrich Park after dark, right? Mm-hmm. It was uh, it's this concert basically in the middle of the dark, <laughs> uh, like during one of the first weeks of college. Um, UCI, um, he was just chilling out there, and I was trying to check out some of the fraternities and um. He was just standing there with the flag, and I was just like, what's up? And he had a broken leg and everything, and um, that's how we kind of started our conversation. And he told me from San Diego, and four years later, now here we are. Um, how's your leg doing today? It's doing a lot better than it was then. I had recently had uh, ACL surgery when I first met Dylan, so I was full-on leg braced out, um, could barely walk at the time, um, but met Dylan and it all got better. Wait, how did you break it in the first place? So I actually tore my ACL playing flag football for Fiji. Um, Freshman year, my fall quarter, just kind of jumping backwards to try and block a pass um, and just landed weird and tore it. And then I didn't get surgery for almost a full year after that. Um, Just kind of kept playing on it because I really didn't want to get the surgery. Jesus. Oh, my God. That sounds like it hurts. Did someone land on you? Is that what happened, right? uh no it was just like me planting because i was wearing cleats so when i planted back in the ground i was moving backwards my leg just locked out um and just hyperextended my knee and tore my acl is that still to this day the worst injury you've ever had yeah definitely kind of i mean i've, I've broken a lot of bones and i've hurt myself a lot of ways but that one needed the most rehabilitation by far like i was doing six months of physical therapy like hardly able to walk not able to play any sports um Definitely not something I ever want to go through again. Was that second? Did that did that fuck up your second year a lot, or was it like you just like couldn't like do any sports? Was just the worst part. Um, I wouldn't say it fucked up my year entirely. Um, it definitely was a pretty big downer just on a lot of things. Cause like a lot of the ways that I really like to like relieve stress and just like enjoy myself is like through sports, either like skateboarding or playing soccer, just like getting outside and being able to move. Um. So, like, not being able to do a lot of that stuff and then also kind of, like, feeling I had to rely on other people mm-hmm. um, just made it pretty hard for mostly that fall quarter. After that, I was able to get more movement. I was able to bend my knee and everything. Um, so, beyond that, I was doing a lot better, but still going to physical therapy and stuff like that. You had to wear the brace when you were sleeping, too, right? <clears throat> yeah, so I pretty that much... Sounds just hor- that just sounds horrible, honestly. It was, like, 24-7 locked straight. Like, I had a brace that, like, didn't allow me to bend my knee for about two to three months. Um, so slept with it, had to shower with it, all that kind of stuff. Like couldn't really move my knee at all. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. Anyways. Um, <laughs> damn, that sounds horrible. But I, um, kind of like Kent last, uh, episode, I just kind of wanted to ask you, I, I just love movies, writing in general. I just kind of wanted to ask you, um, you know, what your favorite types of movies are and like, like kind of like, I know your goal this year is a hundred movies, right? By the end of the year? Um, I want to get to a 1,000 movies logged on this app that I use called Letterboxd. Yeah. I'm currently, I started the year at almost 850, so I need about 150 more movies. So it's like a movie every other day, roughly, which is what I've been trying to do so far. And so far, I've been able to do that. I've watched uh, 20 movies this year. Jeez. Yeah, Letterboxd is a, it's kind of like IMDb or like, I don't know, what's another good comparison rating app? Um, it's just like a good way to log movies and you can find movies... Um, 
see different ratings and keep track of what you want and see other people's reviews and things like that. It's just kind of a cool app to, it's like a social media network, but for movies. Yeah. It's kind of like Yelp. I, I like it just because, um, <clears throat> it's just, it's very like clean looking and just yeah. like, you can read the reviews really simply and they're just like, not like you can read like in-depth reviews or like really simple reviews and stuff like that. And then, um, I used to use IMDb a lot, but then, um, I felt like Letterboxd, everyone's on it. So it's just like, I like seeing how you and like other people rate it more than just like random people, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of why I like it too, is I follow specific people that I'm interested to see what mm-hmm. they have to say about certain things. <clears throat> you fi- Have you found it hard to like watch a movie every other day or is it like just kind of like um, in your schedule now? To be honest, it's more like I'm kind of like averaging every other day where more likely it's like I watch like two in a row or like two in one night or I'll like i'll go four days without watching one and then kind of like catch back up mm-hmm. um so i haven't been like a super set schedule like every other day i'm gonna sit down and watch a movie for sure like i've been lagging the last couple of days but i always end up catching back up mm-hmm. and did your brother get you into watching movies a lot or just like that was always been kind of your thing um definitely like watching it in this style where i'm really like looking for movies that are more in depth and i'm trying to like really like understand them more than just like watch them for pleasure uh probably definitely started with my brother because he became a film major up at berkeley mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he was kind of doing that where he was like watching movies and then he would be like oh i want to show you this movie i want to show you that movie and it got me more into it to the point where i was like okay now i want to go and look out for these movies kind of myself mm-hmm. um, so it's of, cool. that's cool that's cool i mean was there a specific movie that inspired you or just mostly just like over time i wouldn't say there's like one movie that inspired me but i will say like i remember watching like the first movie where i was like this is definitely more complex as I watched this movie called Discreet Charm or the Bourgeoisie. I've never even heard of that. Um, What's it about? It's this French movie that's very um, absurdist where it's basically like this group of adults are trying to keep going to dinner party and random things keep happening to them where they're not able to go to it. Um, is that comedy or is it like? <clears throat> it's like it's definitely like a comedy style movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a very interesting plot and it was one of the first like foreign films that I watched because it was in French. Um, and like kind of watching that movie, it was on Amazon prime. So that like was kind of like a gateway into it. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of these like mainstream, uh, movie watching things like Netflix and stuff don't show that many foreign films. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they were having that. And I feel like I've found more now that some of these streaming platforms are picking up more foreign films as I think people are more interested in looking into them. Hopefully after Parasite specifically, people will be looking into more foreign films. No. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, <coughs> one of the foreign films i saw that really was like crazy to me have you ever seen dog you've seen dog tooth i remember we yeah. talking about basically dog tooth is it like it has to be m-rated or r it's like it's, it, it's r-rated it's for sure it's an r-rated movie uh if you want to watch it just be warned it's like basically um the whole premise is that um this family has uh like i think two or three kids right or is, yeah three kids like three kids and basically they've kept them inside the house for like their whole lives right mm-hmm. and so um they say they can only leave once they grow their dog tooth, which is obviously not a real thing, but it's just, like, totally goes into, like, I don't know, just um, solitary confinement and just, like, type of, type of stuff like that, like, family dynamic and, like, that, like, that's one of the only foreign films I can think, other than, like, Parasite, maybe, that, like, really just, like, like, you watch that movie once, you're just like, oh, my God, like, like they weren't even speaking English, but, like, that, like... Yeah, that movie's... <clears throat> that's definitely one of the more crazy movies that I've ever seen, just in terms of just, like, the plot itself rather than like what's going on the screen mm-hmm. um that yeah that movie is directed by yorgos lanthimos i think is how you say his name he's greek mm-hmm. um but he's also he directed the lobster and the favorite mm-hmm. which are both more american release films mm-hmm. 
So if anyone's seen that, like those are both really good movies from him. But like this Dogtooth movie is definitely like oh no, off it, the edge. it was no, it was <laughs> wild. Like there's like I mean like kind of spoilers, but like that one scene where the, she's pulling the tooth or whatever. Oh my! Like like I said, be warned if you're gonna watch this movie. It's it's very very intense. Are there um particular directors you um look out for um specifically like foreign wise or even domestic wise? Um, domestic wise, one of the first directors that I really liked his work, and I was trying to watch a lot more of his movies, um, was this guy named Noah Baumbach, mm-hmm. um, who released The Squid and the Whale, he released While We're Young, and his most recent movie is Marriage Story with Adam Driver and Scarlett the Johansson. The on Netflix, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd, I'd actually watched a couple of his movies up before that, and then that was, like, right when Marriage Story came out, was, like, mm-hmm. when I was had been watching his movies, so I was, like, kind of cool to see him, like, release a new project while I was, like interested in his films before because um, he's just like he writes dialogue in a way that i haven't really seen anyone else there's a movie out um i think it's 2017 called the Myrowitz stories mm-hmm. with adam sandler and ben stiller mm-hmm. that he does that it's just like their conversations going back and forth are just it, it really like resembles real life dialogue where a lot of these movies you kind of look at it and like they're obviously scripted sentences like you sometimes forget that but like mm-hmm. in this one it really felt like he was just filming these people living their lives mm-hmm. um, and i always thought that was a really interesting concept is just kind of like take like a little section of someone's life and look at it as they live it in like real time almost mm-hmm. what he um marriage <laughs> i actually have never seen marriage story like is it like is it worth is it worth the hype yeah definitely um i, I remember I, I watched marriage story at like 2 a.m when i had work the next day because i was so interested in trying to see it mm-hmm. and it's definitely just a really devastating movie to look at devastating devastating, yeah, devastating for sure like just looking at love and kind of divorce and the end of relationships and how people deal with that um just from a very humanistic standpoint mm-hmm. there's an interesting take like kind of like really looking at both sides and kind of like what divorce does to people and uh, how it kind of like the process takes these people that really just wanted the best for each other and makes it such a horrible thing for themselves and their children and all those involved oh dang yeah i yeah i feel like i need to watch that have you I, I netflix has a lot of good movies nowadays um did you ever see the i'm thinking about ending things as well i did see that one um that one i i didn't like it as much to be honest that's a movie by uh charlie kaufman who did yeah she did uh, john malkovich mm, is one of his movies her, uh, he did hereditary t- not hereditary uh Eter- he did internal sunshine of yeah, Mind, or he wrote for that movie mm-hmm. um amazing movie and those amazing. two movies i <clears throat> i really jesus i really really like those two movies just like the concept um just was really abstract and really done in a way they're obviously those are two like opposite ends of the movie like i see like being john malkovich is kind of more like it's like a Black Mirror concept almost. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, um, you're literally inside the mind of John Malkovich. Yeah, like you crawl through the hole and you become John Malkovich. So I thought that was like just a really crazy concept they were able to pull off really well. And then opposite end of the spectrum is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is like kind of along a similar line as Marriage Story, where it's like the end of relationship and like how you deal with that. And like the whole concept is like if you could relate, re- erase someone from your mind, like would you? Mm-hmm. And it's just like a really interesting concept to explore because i'm sure a lot of people have yeah, <laughs> thought about no, that yeah, idea definitely. and like consider like would i do that and then this is kind of like showing the consequences of like that sort of thing happening and whether that's really what you want or if it's better to have those memories mm-hmm. now especially with eternal sunshine of a spotless mind like the whole uh the whole dream sequence like how like um 
it's absolutely it, that movie's devastating as well like so, yeah. absolutely devastating but just like how he um how charlie not charlie kaufman who's the director of it uh i can't even remember but like the way he just like uh films the memory scenes it's just so dreamlike and like yeah um like it's kind of like reminds me of like inception in a weird way where like those small little details and dreams they like implement within the movie you know what i mean where you kind of like feel like they're just moments they're just moments at the end of the day like you don't remember the whole dream yeah. but you remember like very very specific moments and like when it's going through like jim carrey's life with uh what's her name the color hair girl uh clementine clementine and <laughs> yeah. it's just so devastating to watch them because like if you ever broken up with someone or like had a heartbreak or anything of that sort like it just hits the nail on the head of just like the absolute like uh, roller coaster of emotions that like yeah for sure really is within a relationship and it's just like it's just crazy because i watched that like high school and then like watching it now it's just like it makes me cry even more because i'm like wow like (laughs) i was so ignorant back in my day but it's like it's one it's one of those movies that just like you just really like if you have a deeper connection with it like it just it just you understand it way better yeah yeah i really like the sci-fi elements for it too it's cool it's really nice um i know um what's it called it's a be- it's such a beautiful day is your favorite film. Yeah. Um, I, for those who don't know, it's um. If you want to explain, I don't know if you want to explain it. How would you okay. describe it? Um. So it's a it's an animated film by this guy named Don Hertzfeld. Um, but it's a very simplistic animation style where it's basically just like stick figures drawn, and it's kind of cut really well together between these simple animations that he's drawn and then also like real life pictures, and it's all kind of just layered on top of each other. Um, and it's only an hour long and it's basically just kind of like a really, to me, like poignant look at life. Um, and basically like the things that we take for granted and like, it, it's basically the plot of this guy that finds out that he has some terminal, terminal disease. Like they don't explain it, what in the movie. And it's kind of him just coming to terms with the fact that like he is basically on the path to death and he kind of starts looking at things in a way that he hadn't before and everything he had like not really considered in his life that he appreciated um, kind of comes to light and I just thought it was a really interesting movie that really stuck with me it's one of the only movies where I watched it one night and immediately the next day I wanted to watch it again and it's like probably one of the, my most rewatched movies now I've seen it probably like five or six times mm-hmm. not counting like the dumb movies that I've watched on like road trips and stuff but, like <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. on purpose like I've watched this movie like a December times mm-hmm. and like anytime I want to show someone a movie like this is one of the ones that I'm like you need mm-hmm. to watch this movie with me has anyone has any have you shown anyone in particular that's had a really good connection with the movie um i know i showed my friend nick levy mm-hmm. um and he really liked it um and i know i've shown my roommate uh, travis tan mm-hmm. who really liked it and i know both of them had like really deep connections because um, it is very it's a very thought-provoking movie like both times that i've watched it like the movie ends and then i end up having like an hour-long conversation about like what they think and like how it related to them um i'm not sure if anyone else like kind of a I mean, I don't want to say, like, has appreciated much of me as if, like, I understand it better or something. Yeah, I just yeah. mean, like, like, for some reason, to me, like, it really touched me in a way that um, I guess some other people really appreciate it. But, like, for some reason, I personally really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. No, that's how I felt with, um, I don't know, I've talked to you about, like, so many different things I've liked. And just, like, it's just the personal connection at the end of the day is just what sticks with you. You know what yeah. I mean? Because um, I've seen that it's such a beautiful day. And it's just, it's, like, it's... I don't know. It's so. Um, have you? What's the other one that he made as well? 
the the one with the time traveling girl. Uh, he's doing World of Tomorrow. World of next tr- trilogy. Yeah, so he did another film, World of Tomorrow. That one I remember a little bit more, just because I saw that it's such a beautiful day on Netflix, like probably back in high school, I think. Mm-hmm. But the the World of Tomorrow one, just like I don't know the the mix of like total like despair and bleakness with like the combination of like oh there's still like an uplifting message at the end you know what i mean he felt like he really knows how to um articulate a lot of like very complex feelings you know what i mean yeah it's interesting like how complex of a feeling you can evoke out of like something that like feels so like mundane Mm -hmm. Um, and he he also adds like a lot of humor to it out of like the most random things like my brother actually got me a book uh, for my birthday this past year there's just a bunch of like uh pages of him like his drawings and his little snippets and it's like there's basically no plot it's just like each one is a little cartoon um and it's kind of interesting like the way he like it was like about the end of the world Mm -hmm. and it's all these people like dying and he'll just cut in like this snippet of like some comedy element that he just understands his medium really well and the way that he's able to express emotions in such simple characters is really interesting to me even just through like stick figures you know yeah basically like there's, like, four different facial expressions, and I feel like it evokes, like, so much. Like, I see that, and I know, like, what that person's feeling. Mm-hmm. How would you say, um, do you think that film, like, um, reflects kind of, like, how it's felt to, um, I know, like, I don't know, because I'm graduating soon, and, like, I'm trying, I'm starting to transition. Like, I'm applying to jobs and stuff like that. Like, I'm doing my resume and all that. Do you think, like, that film kind of translate how it's felt, like, um, feeling after post-grad life? You know, that kind of, like, feeling of, like, you know um like oh shit like we're in real life now you know what i mean yeah it's actually a very interesting idea i haven't really actually connected to the graduation but it does actually apply in a lot of ways to me like you look back now and like the four years of college it feels like you're just trying to like get done basically mm-hmm. and you look back and you're really trying to appreciate like the fact that like you spent so much time here and the friendships you've made and you realize like well i'm not gonna get this back really um mm-hmm. but you have lived it and so you kind of have to start appreciating like the time that you have now and the things you're doing now Mm -hmm. which is definitely what i'm doing is i'm trying to like make the most of my time now Mm -hmm. um but i think definitely in college you kind of get into a rhythm where you're just like next assignment next midterm next final next semester what am i taking whatever and it's like things kind of just like flash by if you don't stop and like try and really appreciate the moments that you're in no yeah that especially with um just how covid's been it's been like i really like i really miss like just regular life and everything just like how especially college is working just like even walking to class is just like now it's just like you wake up and you just go to your computer and you're just like, all right, yeah. this is class. At least you're like, I mean, um, at least you get to go to work and stuff, which is nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I remember because I, since I graduated past June, I had only one quarter of online classes. And I remember thinking like how upset I was that like I lost like my last quarter of my senior year and how it felt like very sudden that like suddenly I wasn't going to be able to do a lot of things that I was planning. I kind of felt like winter quarter I was like only partially writing myself and like spring quarter I'd be able to like really appreciate things and kind of like glide out and because it got cut off it felt very sudden to me mm-hmm. um, and so I just felt really sorry for myself but now it's like I look at it and it's like people like seniors like you like you're losing literally like your entire last year <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's like like for me to complain about the one quarter like I still had a lot of time mm-hmm. um, in college and like, to lose one quarter versus losing a whole year, like, I, I feel sorry for a lot of people that are losing time now. No, yeah, definitely. It's just, um, I don't know, I guess being in the situation now, it's, like, I'm kind of, like, it's just been preparation, basically, for when things do go back to normal, I guess. Because, like, I don't know how the timeline is going to be exactly, because obviously no one knows, but, like, it kind of seems like um, 
after like maybe the summer things are gonna start being a little bit more normal i would say and that's kind of like when i'm gonna start working for, for a job you know what i mean so like i'm kind of thankful that like um you know there isn't that much stuff going on because i've been able to like i got good i've gotten good grades in school this quarter mm-hmm. um you know i'm like applying to jobs like i'm like doing my resume and all this but it just like sucks because it's just like um there's so many things you look forward to especially when you're a senior like you know your last hurrah with everything and it's just kind of been like you know um my last hurrah type of stuff has just been more like mundane than anything which just sucks but i mean like um it is what it is you know what i mean yeah and i feel like i mean I'm, i know that you appreciate your time beforehand and it's not like i don't know you don't fall off a cliff like when you graduate it's not like everything goes away mm-hmm. um you definitely are still a part of things and like obviously your friends and stuff will still be there um like for me like it hasn't been that horrible yeah. to be graduated i feel like yeah. a lot of people say like how like life-changing it is and post-grad depression all this stuff which definitely like i can see how it can happen if like you have all this support system around you and now it's kind of like all on you like kind of like i was saying before like the idea of you always have like the next thing mm-hmm. now it's like once you have a job like there is no immediate next thing like mm-hmm. for you like it's kind of like open air and it's up to you to decide like what's going to keep you on track which i think for a lot of people is probably hard like even for me it's hard to like not know where exactly i'm going where it's like at least when you're in college it's like you always have oh like i'm gonna graduate or oh i'm gonna take this class next quarter stuff like that that like keeps you like in line with what your goal and your trajectory is and now it's like well i have a job what's the next thing i mean did you have trouble like um i mean right after you graduated like did you feel like a sudden sense of like oh fuckness or like were you like you kind of like I know, because, like, you've basically done every, something every single weekend since you've graduated. Like, yeah. have you, like, like, um, was there any panic or anything? Or was it just, were you, like, always, like, in a state of, like, chill? I kind of, like, was able to more easily transition in. Because that spring quarter, I was still interning at the place where I work now. Mm-hmm. So I was working, like, two or three times a week, I think. I forget exactly how many days. Um, but I was working, like, a decent amount leading up to graduating. So it was, like, really just, like, upping how much I go to work and decreasing like me going to school and like that was really it like it wasn't like the sudden change of like like I feel like if you go straight from like nothing but school to nothing about work like the change would probably feel a lot more sudden because it's like such a different schedule that you're on mm-hmm. um, but because I like had been like partially working at least like it felt a lot easier to transition into just working full-time and it didn't feel like that big of a change to me mm-hmm. no yeah that I think that's what I'm just worried about especially just graduating and stuff like that just the whole like you know what I mean? It's just kind of like you don't have anything to look forward to type of deal. But I think um, how you kind of are living your life right now, like I like I really like want to try to do that. Just like keeping busy on the weekends, you know, keep yeah. the weekdays, work days, weekends, try to do something different, hang out with different people and stuff like that. I just feel like, um, you know, you just hear so many people who graduate and they're just like they don't get a, like they don't have any direction. I just like that's like my like that's just a scary thing to think about you know what i mean yeah i think a lot of it's just like you have a very like set amount of free time once you're graduated and so it's you really have to like make an effort to like do something with that time because it's almost like when you're in college especially like if you're in a fraternity like things just kind of like happen to you oh yeah like definitely event, events are just like poured on top of your head and you mm-hmm. can do like as much stuff as you want but now that you're graduated it's like oh, I want to go see someone, I want to go do this, like, you have to do that, like, you have to make it happen, mm-hmm. where, like, before you could, like, skate by and barely plan to do anything and still have, like, a fun social life, now it's, like, all on you 
to like figure out what you're gonna be doing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cause it's like, I don't know. That's the thing I've always liked about being in the fraternity and stuff like that. It's just like, um, it just felt like you always had something to do at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's why I always tell people. Well, like even when like <clears throat> during recruitment or just like telling some of the people who go into college, like friends and family and stuff like that, just like, like, um, you just gotta join something at the end yeah. of the day. Like you gotta join like an org, a club, a fraternity, sorority, whatever, just because, like, um, it's just, like, when you, especially during COVID, when you have, like, no, like, no one's telling you what to do, like, no one's telling you what's up, like, you just kind of have to figure out on your own. That's why I always liked Fiji and just being in the fraternity in general, just because, like, you know, um, especially my first, second, third year, like, I bet you totally can relate, but, like, you know, you're bored, like, okay, fuck it, like, I'll just go, like, to the Fiji house and just go chill, you know what I mean? Now it's like, um, I guess now that like now that's what I'm worried about. Like, oh god, like, like where's gonna be my place to chill? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely like a a big change, and like, I I kind of just like had to make the separation. Like, it would have been not that hard for me. Like, I I live really close to the our fraternity house still, and it's so, like I could be coming here mm-hmm. and like seeing people if I really wanted to. Uh, but I feel like once you graduated, like you kind of want to like establish your own life almost where like you have people and like friends and stuff that you're doing that doesn't exist solely in the fraternity because like as much fun as the fraternity is for those four years that you're in it like it's not going to exist forever like the people and the friends that you have mm-hmm. will exist forever but like the structure that it kind of gives you won't exist forever like for you once you get older um so i've definitely been making an effort to like kind of separate out and like make like plans in a life of my own that like doesn't entirely include the fraternity uh specifically because like i live with people that are still undergrad yeah so, like yeah. i could super easily get s- sucked <laughs> into it. we talk and, about it every day at the, at the uh in the house yeah so like one of the things like i've noticed is like i'll try and make like a distinction like a lot of times like you guys will be talking about what's going on yeah and then i'll say like oh what are we gonna do about it oh what are we planning on for whatever yeah and i like think in my mind like i need to start saying like they yeah like, what, what are they doing about this like it's not me anymore like yeah it's all about you guys um and just kind of like separate myself because like when you are involved for four years like it's hard to like step away from it but like, oh, I, yeah. I want to be doing my own thing so it's like kind of stepping back from it and finding my own path and having fun on my own pretty much oh yeah definitely that's a, like and that's like what i was i'm always, always told the younger bros and like you because like i don't know you don't even know how many people tell me like oh you're still gonna be going back to the parties dylan right when you're a uh, 50 or you're graduated i'm like i always tell people like i'm not trying to do that like i like i'm legitimate like like it was like um even though i missed out on my uh fourth year or whatever like i'm legitimately not trying to like um impose because i know how it feels you know not how it feels but like um I just know that, like, you know, the people who should be having the most fun during these, like, events, the parties, whatever, is, like, the undergrads, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I had my fun, like, don't get me wrong, like, I've had way more than enough fun <laughs> during, during here, and so, like, um, I, I'm not trying to, like, be like that, I'm trying to, like, do my own thing when I graduate. I still want to, like, stay close to the chapter, obviously, and, like, stay close to my friends, because it's, like, something I really care about and something, like, I put in time into, but, like... I, I think I'll be okay, like, not going to any parties or, like, doing any of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm all good with supporting and offering advice if it's asked. I just, like, I'm definitely not going to be going out of my way to go to a party or show up to things or being, like, force myself into situations. Like, I'm just you, – you get past that point in time. I mm-hmm. felt like I did my time. I, I held my positions and helped in the ways that I could, and now it's, like, I don't need to be 
doing that for these yeah. guys. They can figure it out on their own. No, oh, yeah. They're, they're capable of doing it on their own. They're adults at the end of the day, yeah. yeah. And yeah, no, exactly. And, like, that's the thing, too. It's just, like, that's what's always nice about being in, like, fraternity. Um, it's just, like, even if you're not involved, like, after you graduate, like, you still have all your homies and your friends from, like, when you were here as an undergrad, which is, like, Oh, it's just nice. It's just nice. You know. Yeah, I mean? like I, I have. I'm from San Diego, and I'm, I'm still friends with a lot of guys down there, mm-hmm. and so I'll go back and see them a lot. But like, probably eighty percent of the time, I'm hanging out with people. It's all UCI PG people that mm-hmm. I still see and hang out with and are friends with. Um, so it's obviously like a still a big part of my life. Like one of the people I hang out with the most was like my big bro mm-hmm. um, from Fiji. So it's it definitely impacted my life a lot, and I appreciate it for the time. But now it's like, move on, stay friends with those people, but like outside of like, the context you of don't it need being a, a you Fiji. Don't, you don't need to go to chapter meeting every week. If yeah. You, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, what's it called? Um, kind of transitioning uh, from, you know, being in the fraternity to working. Like, how's, like, working been for you in general? Just, like, working at Toka and stuff like that. Like, is it, like, a place, like, you see, like, at least yourself being at for the next couple of years? Yeah. Um, so, I guess background on the company I work for it's a company called toka football which is a soccer technology company um so basically i design a couple different products for us one of them being like a pitching machine for soccer balls that's controlled through an app uh, so it can shoot the ball out at different speeds and angles and heights and different things um, and then we also have a, a goal that has sensors on it that can detect when a ball goes through um, basically the height it went through the speed it went through and then it can also distinguish whether it actually was a ball or someone's like kicking their foot through it mm-hmm. um, to count goals and different things. Um, so like those two things are our main product. Then we own all these training centers where kids come in and work with a trainer and practice their touch. Um, and so I developed the technology for that, uh, which is a really cool company. Um, I'm really big into soccer. I've been playing that my whole life. Uh, and I was lucky enough to like find this internship actually through one of the graduate brothers that I was friends with in Fiji. Um, he got me an internship about two years ago, and I've been interning there straight up until I graduated, and they offered me a full-time position. So it's been a really cool job. It's not something I ever thought that I'd be doing. Like, as an engineering major, like, I was trying to always think, like, what could I do that I care about that is also engineering? Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to, like, do something sport-related, but I kind of thought that the sport-related thing would be something that includes more engineering like snowboarding with like developing the boards or like mountain biking with the frames Mm -hmm. and kind of developing some of those components because i see like those very easily are engineering related but like soccer there's like the shoes and the ball like i'm not gonna be engineering those things like yeah they're already made so like (laughs) you're like shit like i'm out of options at this point yeah so i didn't think that like soccer would even be an option and then when the graduate brother hit me up about like coming in for an internship like i was like damn this is crazy like this is like the perfect job like how many companies like this even exist in the world mm-hmm. and for me to like have someone that i'm friends with like offer me something at such a cool company um just really grateful to find a job like that where i care about the stuff that's going on um so i definitely see myself working there for a while i would say the only thing that would keep me from working there for a long time is if i ever wanted to move mm-hmm. out of orange county um you're still thinking colorado yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been thinking about, in general, kind of like Colorado or more mountainous place just for a long time, just because, like I said, like I'm from San Diego Colorado's and like coming beautiful. to like Colorado's so nice. It would be I think amazing to go out somewhere like more outdoorsy and be able to do something like that. But like when I mean when you're from Southern California, like <laughs> I feel like it's pretty hard to leave. Like it'd be if I yeah. was from like 
Kansas or the Midwest or something, like, it'd be super easy to be like, oh, yeah, I for sure want to get out of here and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you already live somewhere where, like, people across the country want to move here and you're like, oh, I want to get out, like, it's just kind of, like, a weird concept. Um, But I just think the idea of being able to live in a new location and kind of experience something new is always good for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Have you only thought about Colorado, or, you, like, would you move, like, NorCal, or, like, um, even out of the country, would you? Out of the country would be a possibility. I probably wouldn't want to go anywhere that's not English-speaking, to be honest, just because, mm-hmm. like, I don't really speak any other languages good enough to kind of survive in those countries. Um, so that would be a little bit hard. In terms of other places in the U.S., uh, I've thought about, like, Oregon, Washington area, kind of, like, mm-hmm. British Columbia, that kind of region. Uh, Colorado, Idaho, just kind of, like, the more mountainous regions. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm, I'm into mountain biking, I'm into snowboarding, like, going mm-hmm. hiking. I've been doing a lot of rock climbing recently. Like, so all those places would have a lot of those kind of activities where, like, Southern California is a very outdoorsy place. It's just not to the extent that um, kind of, like, Colorado and the Northwest is. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely. I feel like... Uh... <laughs> I don't know, you, you being from San Diego, too. Like, I, you get just so, um, what's the word? Ugh, I don't know if fatigue is the right word, but just, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just, it's just, like, it's hard to get away from everything. It feels like everything's always in your face, you know what I mean? Especially in San Diego. Yeah. And, like, not not OC especially, but, like, in Orange County, too, it's just, like, um, you know, uh, it's just so, I don't know if, like, it's just suburbanized, you know what I mean? Like, every, yeah. like everything is just, like, I don't know if corporate is the right word to say, but, like, everything just feels corporate, you know what I mean? Like, there's just buildings everywhere. Like, there's not really, like, you want to go, like, to the park. It's, like, you know what I mean? It's not, like, like a park, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think Orange County specifically to me feels all like that. I, I've been telling people, like, to me, Orange County kind of feels like a trap. Yeah, It's, like, yeah. one of those places where, like, you kind of come in, and it's nice, and you're like, oh, I could settle down here. And then you just, like, close your eyes and wake up, and you're 40, and you have a family, and you live in some suburban community that's, like, everywhere. And it's, like, it's like nice enough where you'll end up staying, and you'll never want to leave. But it's just, like, so safe and boring that yes, it's nothing's boring. going on. It's boring. It's boring. That's like, my the neighborhood that I live in right now, specifically, is called Woodbridge. And it's really, like, in a circle. And it feels like the most, like, self-contained, like, suburban, like, planned place that i've ever been in my entire life like you could not leave woodbridge and have literally everything you could yeah ever want. yeah it's like they planned a city on paper and then just plopped it down onto the earth the target's with, like, like walking distance target's walking distance they got literally, like you, you could literally not leave the circle of woodbridge and yeah have everything you want it, which is so strange to me like i don't like that idea that that's what i don't like either i don't like it's just i think boring is a really good word for it it just feels like um you know there's no um there's no uh variation in anything you know what i mean that's why like I personally like. Uh, I'm not very outdoorsy or sports sportsy. Like, like I mean, like I work. At, I'll work out. I'll like do sports. Like all that. But like, I wouldn't say that's like. I'm not as sporty as compared to you. I would say. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But um, I love camping. Like I, I fucking love camping. I, I love it. I like every time we go. I like we have such a good time, <laughs> honestly. And um, that's the thing though about like it just feels like you know there's just so many more opportunities in different places to do like more of the outdoorsy stuff that like is yeah. super cool and stuff like that and it's close by you know what i mean i feel like here like um even if you like um like just doing anything you know what i mean like going camping and like i don't know you go into zion not zion but like um camping at the sequoias you know what i mean like you need a fucking 
get a reservation like a year in advance to just go to sequoias you know what i mean it's just like yeah it's just like there's no uh variation or anything yeah i think that's part of the reason why i really kind of want to move away is to like get some of that variation and also like the fact that like i even talk about or like understand in my mind that like i think that this place is like a trap and i don't want to yeah, be here yeah, yeah. makes me like want to leave even more because then i feel like i'll look back with even more regret because you're like this like, is a trap i was fucking 23 22 and i was graduating college and i had these big ideas about moving somewhere else and now i'm here and i <laughs> thought those things and i still didn't you leave. blinked and you were literally 40 or 50 yeah, in the so like i'm, I'm like pre, predetermining the fact that like that could happen which I feel like is even worse. Like I almost mm. want to move just because I, I'm thinking that, these things. That's no, that's I'm the same. Life. I want to move to Massachusetts probably when I'm so older. So like Boston. Yeah, Boston. I just th- I, there and like I would say NorCal are like the two. And Co- I like Colorado a lot too. But I mean like, it's not like I, I I would need to go there again before I would make a decision. But like I would feel like Massachusetts and NorCal were the only two places I found myself like very like comfortable in. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I visited like. I've been to Texas like a lot of times. I've been to um, I've been to uh, like Washington. I've been to Arizona. Um, those places just don't seem very like um, homely to me. It's just not my environment. At the end of the day, yeah. I one of my friends, his girlfriend is doing something that I thought was really interesting, where she's currently working from home, and then she's like considering moving somewhere else. So she's like traveling around and like basically like sampling cities. Like she's going to a city and then like spending like three weeks there and thinking like oh, do I want to live here? Like, she was just in Chicago, and she lived there for a while. Um, now she's in Portland. I think she's going to, like, some place in Texas, some place on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And, like, because she's working from home, she, like, has the option to do that, mm-hmm. which I was, like, that's, like, kind of really cool to, like, see these cities and, like, think, do I really want to live here? Because, like, a lot of times, like, abstractly, I'm, like, oh, I want to go to Colorado. And then yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. get there, and, like, I don't have the time to, like, spend sampling it or whatever <laughs> but like so if i just move there i'm like oh well fuck i hate this place like there's no sampling yeah. <laughs> there's sampling time that's funny as fuck because like you're saying like oh i want to go to boston i like i the idea of boston to me is really cool i always thought it's a cool city mm. but it's not like i've spent any amount of time there where i could say i'm gonna uproot my entire life no yeah to boston no yeah that's that sam this yeah that's true that's true i need to sample it some more no i um that's funny i have a i have a friend not a friend this girl I used to talk to in high school, um, a lot, um, like totally lost connection with her. Um, but on Instagram, she was like, she was, she was like doing like a Q and a, like, like, Oh, ask me questions and see what's going on in my life. And, uh, basically, um, from what I read was, um, she was going to school in uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, um, it went online. So she decided to, um, move with her boyfriend to Italy and just do school there and just like, um, do all her online curriculum there but just live in italy with her boyfriend wow and i was like first of, first and foremost i was like damn like they they chill and if both of them on the same page about moving to italy and like doing their work like that like goddamn like i can we can barely go to san francisco but <laughs> but um what's it called um just the fact that like there's just that flexibility now and like the, the fact they're able to like sample it you know what i mean yeah. type of deal like that's cr- like i couldn't like um i could not imagine like like doing school here in Irvine, like it feels like I need to be in Irvine to just to do school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even when I'm back home doing school, like it feels weird to me. Yeah. But like just the fact they like totally like just got up and moved to a different country and just like did all that and like she said her reasonings were just like let's see there's a lot they're a lot safer in Italy, I guess, with like COVID restrictions. Not COVID restrictions, but COVID guidelines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like people actually wear masks, like they're very like progressive over there. But mm-hmm. like 
I don't even know. Like, if you told me, like, hey, let's move to Canada and, like, like just do your school there, I'd be like, I don't know if I could do school there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a pretty cool idea. I had, I had another friend that just, her and her boyfriend just moved to the Dominican Republic because um, she was, like, on a, she was doing some work. It's, like, a program. Uh-huh. So I think she's going to be there for, like, a year or two or something. Uh-huh. Um, but they just decided to move out there, and they're, like, this crazy couple that, like, was traveling around the country. They lived in Australia for a while. They lived in New Zealand for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, I don't know. I've always been, like, jealous of being able to, like, kind of travel around freely like that and do all these different things. Because um, you're just able to, like, like we're saying, like, you're able to see more places and really decide, like, do I really want to be somewhere? Like, right now, like, I've really only lived in San Diego and Orange County. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, like, oh, I don't like Orange County as much as San Diego. But it's, like, compared to a thousand other places, like, what, how do I know what I actually really want? No, yeah, that's, and that's the scary part, too. That's why, like, that's kind of why I'm, like, um, I really want to, um, before I, like, start a family or anything or have kids, like, I really want to, like, travel the world, like, before, like, any settling down happens, like, kind of, like, when my, like, like, my cousin did this, like, he traveled the world mm-hmm. with his girlfriend before they started having kids. Like, that's kind of, like, I don't know if I would, like, if I would go with my girlfriend or what, <laughs> but, um, I really want to, like, um, travel the world because I just feel like, you know, that's just, an, like, that's just something I feel like, um, that just, like, you need to do in your life at least once. Just, like, go around yeah. the world, see all the places you want to go. Um, like, I really want to go to Asia still. I really want to go. Um, revisit Europe. I really want to go to um, like Central America, Southern Amer- uh, Southern American states. But it's just like, um, like when's the right time? You know what I mean? Like when's the right time to like go out and do all that stuff? Because you want to go do it before you're fucking old. You blink your eyes and you're forty or fifty in Irvine. Like you just have a family. You're like, oh shit, I never had time to do all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think it it's honestly really easy to get caught up in that because like. Like, I really like my job, and I really wanted to do it. So, like, I didn't really have a choice. Because, um, like, they offered me something, and I had to take it right when I graduated. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be like, oh, I love this job. I'm, never mind. No, I don't want to do it. Um, but if I could have taken, like, some time to myself, obviously, like, COVID would have ruined it anyways, even if I wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, to be able to go and kind of explore during that time before college. Because, like, now that you have a job, like, there's never really a good time unless you get like fired or something but even if you get fired like you probably don't want to just be like blowing all your money before you have another job so it's like there's no like set time in your life once you're out of college to kind of like figure out what you want to be doing you know mm-hmm. um and to be able to kind of travel so it's like now i'm dealing with oh i have three weeks of vacation time or whatever and i need to figure out what i want to do yeah with my entire yeah. year like one year it's like okay i can do one big trip maybe and like a couple small weekend things where it's like you just kind of got to take it one year at a time almost in terms of like where you want to go like obviously everyone wants to go spend a year or two just like traveling but reality hits (laughs) once you graduate you you don't have the option as much you don't really you can't really just fucking get up and do whatever you want no like i want to um yeah no uh, seriously though because like um when you like uh sorry I'm, i'm trying to figure out my thought here like when um like when I, like especially back in um last summer i was supposed to go to asia with uh my twin john tyler um we were gonna go to the philippines we're going to china japan mm-hmm. hong kong um like see i mean hong, hong kong singapore uh, and you just really you're like 
like, I was just really, really looking forward to it and just, like, very excited for it. And then all this COVID stuff happened, and I was just like, shit. Like, that, all the big things I was looking forward to are just gone. And just, like, now, like, I really don't know when I'll have that trip because, like, that's the trip I want is to go yeah. to the, all those Asian places. And, like, kind of, like, how my life's kind of kind of working out now is just, like, I'm probably going to be working out of college you know what i mean and like i said like i only get those three weeks to fucking plan something and i like want to happen but you gotta spend money for it get your pass not get your passport but like go through all this and that to like do it but um you know i feel like that's just worth it at the end of the day you know what i mean like you're visiting a brand new motherfucking place and you're checking Mm -hmm. out all these new things and like you're all these new experiences like even going to like um i don't know have you ever been to um uh like, have you ever been to a state? You've been to a different state, obviously, right? Yeah. Like, just even, like, that, just, like, some of the small cultural differences, is like, oh, that's what's always just interests me, especially. Yeah, being able to travel, like, I, I was lucky enough to be able to study abroad while I was in school. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't so, would move to Ireland? I was in Scotland. Uh, so, oh, so, Scotland. <laughs> um, that place is just super rainy and cold mm-hmm. a lot of times. Um, but I was living in a city, which was really interesting, like, being from San Diego and Orange County, like, it's much more suburban type place where, like, you have to drive everywhere. So being in a city where you could kind of walk to everything was a really interesting concept. And then just, like, the people there was really cool. Like, they're just super welcoming and nice. And you just get a lot more different cultures, I feel like. Um, like, one of the things I did over there was I got to play intramural soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I joined a team doing that and i was playing with like a guy from hungary a guy from france a guy from spain wow that's like, sick. being able to play with like different guys and different cultures like i feel like in europe specifically like there's just more mixing going on where mm-hmm. it's like in the u.s like it's way more rare to meet someone that's like from a different country no yeah even like yeah i feel yeah really especially in america i feel like um you don't really get the opportunity to like meet yeah. people from foreign countries you know what i mean yeah like at uci i I, like we had international students um but in my experience they kind of stuck to themselves mm-hmm, no, more to be honest where like when i was in scotland like everyone was just very friendly and open and mixing and i met people from a bunch of different countries which i thought was really cool mm-hmm. um just kind of everyone together and then being able to like travel when you're in europe and like because i did like weekend trips and stuff like that like it's so easy to fly like here it's gonna take me like like if i want to go to san francisco it takes me six hours to drive yeah like that's like i could get from Scotland all the way, like, to London in six hours. Really? The concept of, like, how close everything in Europe is was, like, really crazy to me. Like, the different cultures that you could experience, Mm -hmm. um, just being able to travel around was really crazy. The United States is huge relative to Europe. What what was your favorite, um, was Scotland the, or Scotland, right? Yeah. Yeah, Was Scotland the the favorite place you went to during that, uh, during your, uh, exchange program? Um, definitely probably... I mean, it's obviously closest to my heart, I guess, just because I lived there for the three months. Mm-hmm. Um, coolest place that I visited, I guess, I think was Budapest in Hungary, mm-hmm. um, which is really unexpected. It's just like this, uh, I mean, it's obviously a really famous city, but it's this huge city split by the river, and one side is Buda and one side is Pest. Mm-hmm. And just seeing like even the differences in culture between those two different sides, like one side is very much more mm-hmm. like... How did that happen? Uh, so it actually... Well, I don't even try to remember the history of the city now, but it's like, I think two different uh, countries actually owned either side of it. Uh-huh. And so one side owned Buddha and it's a different culture. And then one side owned Pest and it was a different culture. And then someone, I don't know, someone conquered it or what, but they made it one city. Mm-hmm. 
becoming Budapest. And so, like, one side is all very historical. The Capitol building is up there and a bunch of different mm-hmm. um, kind of more historical things. And the other side is, like, the more city, like... I remember, if, like, coming from the airport to, like, into the city, it felt like you were... I was in, like, a... Like, kind of, like, a third-world country. Uh-huh. That's, like, a messed up thing to say well, about it, the it, <laughs> it just felt very, like, Eastern European, like, kind of, like, more run down. And you kind of got into the city... And then you end up seeing, like, these old, like, huge buildings uh-huh. that are just of, like, crazy historical significance. Like, the Capitol Building of Hungary, it's, like, one of the craziest-looking buildings I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, totally separate, but there's, like, a story of, like, Freddie Mercury, like, saw that building was, like, I want to buy it because he, he thought it was so cool. What's it called? Um, I don't actually know what the name of it is, but it's just the Budapest uh, Capitol Building. It just has all these, like, crazy spires and different things on it. Hold on, I'm doing, look it up. Yeah, I'm doing a quick Google search on the side. The Sorry. Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> that's a good movie too. That's a, <laughs> uh, that's Wes Anderson, right? Yeah. Uh, the Budapest Capital, the Capital Building of Hungary. Yeah. Let's see if we can find it here. Yeah, that one right there. Oh damn! Wow. And that—that's like. Have you been? Uh, that's like. Is that bigger than the Vatican? uh no probably not i've been to the vatican the vatican was also one of the cooler places that was really i've been there too that place is crazy too that was that was one that was the first time i've ever been like i was i mean i've been to mexico before like Mm -hmm. when i was a kid i I almost don't Mm -hmm. consider that a foreign country yeah but i went to italy after i graduated high school that was like my high school graduation present Mm -hmm. and i remember seeing um saint peter's basilica in the vatican was Mm -hmm. like at that time was the craziest thing I'd ever seen yeah. in my entire life. Like I started yeah. being like in awe of like the fact that anyone could build something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, seriously, seriously. And like the um that's the thing about like a lot of these um especially like historical religious sites is like they're so, like they're just massive in scale. And the fact that like, you know, um like generations and generations of people still feel connected to those locations is like honestly like pretty incredible. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people still go look at the Vatican and like they like they'll cry when they see it like you know what I mean like it's just like it's just so magnificent and grand even though it was built like what like hundreds of years ago you know what I mean yeah. I, I thought it was I mean I'm, I'm not that religious but I felt like if you were a religious person you're able to go to like a site like that like I could really feel like how you I don't know feel the energy I guess no kind of yeah from that place no like, to yeah be in the Vatican like the center of like holiness i guess for these religions no yeah and like um that's why i, I really want to check oh, i like i'm i'm being totally bad about this but like what's that one wall um that all the jewish people go to and they like pray to it it's like i think it's in the um the holy land it's like basically like a huge wall i think about like the the black rock for that's no a, that's an islamic thing i think is, is, that's islamic or is it? I don't know. We're mixing stuff up. Yeah, I know. I'm mixing stuff. <laughs> it was in Borat. So I, I that it was in Borat. Like he visited it. I don't <laughs> remember. Sure. Anyways, I want to go to like places like that and just see like the energy there, or just like see how it is. Just because like I've always thought that was so in, like interesting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, religion always just that fascinates me and stuff like that. Just because like there's just so many things you can say about religion at the end of the day. But like, um, I really want to go to like those holy sites and just see like, like you know, um the atmosphere at the end of the day because like i've been to the vatican like i went to catholic school i kind of like have an idea of like what like um you know how people are affected spiritually through these types of things and like that's why i want to go to these holy lands just see like like the connections people feel there you know what i mean it's just like like you can't explain not explain it but like like that's such as just a unique um 
type of um feeling and like it's done with it's it involves spirituality involves like um you know your connection with the earth your connection with your own religion your connection mm-hmm. with yourself and stuff like that and just so like i want to go to these holy places i just want to talk to people and just see like how they ended up getting to this point in their life you know not yeah. this point in their life but like um how did they like what made them what draw what drew them to this place in the first place you know what i mean like that's why i always found like the the whole um issue with like the holy land with and um you know and the middle east you know what i mean just like super interesting because like um it's hard to explain that like you have a personal connection with like the earth you know what i mean when like there's nothing really to like factually back it up but it's just like a spirituality thing at the end of the day just people feel connected to like um certain places and areas just because like they feel like they um you know uh have a greater intention with it yeah i've definitely not to that extent where i want to like was thinking about traveling but i've I've been considering recently like just going to a church service like i'm Mm. like i said before i'm not religious but just kind of like like see what it's like and talk to people and kind of like understand what it is that has them feeling so connected and so like assured in their beliefs i'm always like considered like what is it about like this idea that people feel so deeply connected with and i've I've always like just the idea of that not like any one religion in particular but just like being able to like see the fact that people like put so much weight into these different ideas Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of what led to them to them to Mm -hmm. that point like you were saying Mm -hmm. it's kind of a really interesting idea yeah Um, no i've always had an interesting um like relationship with religion just because like you know i've been to catholic school my whole life um i was raised catholic i got confirmed eucharist reconciliation baptized all this and that and um you know going to catholic school especially you just see like a lot of like the kind of bad things that are just associated with religion you know what i mean like you meet a lot of people that just like um use god and like uh gospel as like you know leverage for against other people yeah and like i can't give up bring up any specific examples right now but like you know you see it you see it like people will be like 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 oh like i went to i went to morning mass this morning you know i feel like spiritual this morning like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i don't like 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 it's kind of like that it's just like they feel like um you know they're above it all already at that point you know you see a lot of that just because like um people with money you know what i mean just like that you also see a lot of the good stuff like you i meet like a ton of people like super religious super caring people and they like will like they're silent about though they're like they'll go out to fucking um like uh haiti and like um uh third world countries and like build houses and stuff like that like like been like they, they feel like they need to do it because god is telling them to do that and just like i've never i've never had experience like that where god <laughs> is like tell like god's like sat down with me he's like you need to do this you know what i mean but like you know um you can't knock someone for that at the end of the day. It's like, yeah. it's like, like, oh, you felt motivated by a greater power to do something like beneficial for the earth. Like, you like, that's cool. That's sick as fuck at the end of the day. But uh, that's always been like my dichotomy with it. Just because like, like you watch, you watch stuff, you hear stuff, you see stuff and you're just like, like, it's hard to associate like organized religion with myself because like, I don't want to be associated with those negative connotations. You know what I mean? And, like, I've seen it, I've experienced it, like, it's just hard because, like, at the end of the day, like, um, a lot of these values and morals are inherently good. Yeah, I think there's definitely some good that comes out of it is, like, people feel the need to, like, go out and do these things, but because God told them to or, like, they were willed to do it, um, 
But I mean, the good comes with the bad in terms of the stuff that happened like that. And uh, I've always thought it was a really interesting concept that like some of these people like think that God wants them to do it or they're doing this like for God and that there's, I, I just think that people should have like some self-motivation to be no, yeah, def- like, morally like yeah. doing these things. Like if you're doing it and you're like the whole time you're thinking like, wow, like this is going to make God so happy rather than like thinking about like why you're doing something and like for a good cause, like, I don't know. It's yeah. A, it's a strange idea. No, it definitely is. Definitely is. And like, that's the thing I always try to like tell people about like religion, just being someone who's like experienced Catholic faith for most of his life is just like, um, at the end of the day, like, if you believe in God, like, I'm not going to knock it. Like, I yeah. don't, like, I, I don't care. Um, what you believe in, if you believe in God, Allah, Buddha, um, chakras, so on and so forth. But just like, as long as you're just upholding the ideals, like legitimately, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I always like, like, like you'll meet so many Catholics who are like, like, oh, like I'm a good great Christian person, but like, they still lie to like their parents about like some random shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like. If you're gonna say that you're like an or moral and upright person and like you follow these values, like good, but like like actually follow that and listen to it and don't lie to yourself and others <laughs> about it because like that gives people a bad impression at the end of the day. That's why like people steer away from religion because like they don't wanna be associated with people who are like like that. You know what I mean? You should go to church. You should go to church. I like church. It's very relaxing. Yeah, I was talking to uh, David Kaufman, he's over at our house, he goes to like a youth a youth group type thing where it's like goes to a simple service and he's kind of talk about it i was like yeah maybe i'll i'll go check it out to yeah. see what it's like i would just go to i just go to mass and see the vibe i know all churches are different at the end of the day the one i went to when i was growing up boring mass super boring <laughs> fell asleep all the time um because you you were catholic not christian or christian i was christian well yeah Wait. remember i remember david telling me that like catholic mass is a lot more formulaic kind of like reads yeah. scripture and the christian mass that he was going to is a little bit more open discussion type of thing which i think is probably what i'd want to go to i don't i don't i'm not trying to be like lectured at necessarily yeah. i kind of want to like be able to discuss their ideas and what they're thinking yeah. about certain things no mine was way more catholic it was way more catholic okay. it was more like um i don't know if that's all churches that's just what they I, I, I explained to me in his group um <laughs> no, i think i think um like officially catholic is more like um like by the, the book kind of? yeah by the book i guess in simple terms by the book and christians more like uh you believe in jesus and interpreting it in your own way kind of thing you know what i mean but at the end of the day you believe jesus is god you know what i mean so um what's it called what were we talking about catholics the catholics or whatever but um i forget what were we saying what was it what was the original thing i was saying about it about catholics yeah well, it has been a, a huge tangent off of me going to budapest oh uh, i don't even remember <laughs> i don't even remember what, what was i gonna say there was something I was gonna say about Catholics. Oh yeah, I went to um, I was uh, uh, Catholic mass basically my whole life. Fell asleep through most of it. Um, even middle school, like we had Catholic mass like mm-hmm. every other week, and like you had you they they this is so smart. This is so smart. They kept you engaged by pairing you up with a kindergartner if you were in seventh grade and a first grader if you were in eighth grade. <laughs> so you had to like babysit at mass nice. and stay awake the whole time basically and so like that they were smart for that but um you know uh i've been to ma- a ton of masses and like if you find like i would just go to the mass and just feel it out if you're trying to like check it out because like um 
you might find a church that's just like not as chill as you think it's gonna be or you might find like the church back at home that my mom goes to like they have 20 minute mass like it's super quick like the the priest is like be a good person uh love god love yourself (laughs) amen brothers and everyone's like amen like that's like i like that i like that at the Mm. end of the day but um like uh people have different vibes to it. It's totally, like, they're going to vary across the board. Like, I even remember in uh, middle school, my teacher, he, she went to um, a black community church, you know what I mean? So it's mostly um, people of her color. And so uh, they, were, they, were, they were big into the gospel, into singing it, into, like, you know, uh, uh, into the musical portion of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, she was just, like, she loved it. She loved it. She would always talk really well about it. And, like, um, you would also hear people say, like, oh, like like me like i'll go to my mass and like i fell asleep for an hour and woke up and it was over you know what i mean yeah one, one of the things uh i did when i was in london was there this church i really wanted to go to i forget what it was called i think it might have been saint peter's something like that but it was like a big church in london and me and i was uh with nick levy one of my friends um and we came up to the church and we were about to go inside and they said oh no we're having mass right now like you can't go inside unless uh-huh. you want to like sit through the mass uh-huh and i was like okay well i really want to see the church so i <laughs> so i guess we'll sit through the mass yeah um so we went inside and it was actually like a like a boys choir like singing mm-hmm. but, like these churches like the roof is like super crazy oh, yeah. so like the vote the audio or what do you call it the audio? acoustics the acoustics yeah the, acoustics yeah, were, the like, audio <laughs> in there like sounded nice yeah um it was like insane like hearing this like group like sing in there um and it was all religious songs, obviously, I didn't, I didn't know any of them, but just kind of, like, be in that atmosphere of, like, listening to the songs and looking at the church, like, that was a really interesting experience for me. Like, that was probably, like, the most religious activity You're I've done in You're just awestruck at time. that point, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, like, it's it's incredible, you know? Yeah, like, like, you kind of, like, feel, I don't know, the energy in the room of, yeah, like, Yeah, feel the him, energy, yeah. Like, the guy, the main priest reading out different scriptures, and they sing in the song, and a bunch of us are in there sitting together and just being in this place together. There's a it's an interesting idea and i could see people really connecting with that no yeah and like that's the thing is like people connect with it and like i could see 100 percent see why 100 yeah. percent, no doubt in my mind but yeah well we're getting close to an hour here um is there any final thoughts you want to share with everyone danny uh no not particularly i did not think we would talk this long about religion but it was interesting discussion. yeah no i yeah <laughs> i agree i agree that's how that's how like like I said, this is a work in progress, <laughs> this whole podcast. I'm trying to um, – it's just testing it week by week. I'm going to try to switch over to a new hosting service next week. Mm-hmm. Gonna um, So I'll upload it to Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other stuff so it's easier for people. Um, you can also uh, – like, you can do the editing on that website. So I'm, like, trying out different things, but, like, uh, like I'm glad you came. Thank you for coming. I'm yeah. really trying to just, like – get used to the format the setup still but like it's been cool so far it's there's been a lot of like a lot of people have been um saying that they like it and like they think it's, it's cool. cool i think it's cool too i don't know i just like it's like shooting the shit you know what i mean yeah i think it'll be a cool way to kind of look back and see how you were feeling at the time how i was feeling at the time oh yeah that's what i'm excited for exactly no that's like that's the main thing of this whole podcast if anyone's listening uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like um i want to look back at you know the people I talk to, people I care about, people I'm interested in, um, you know, all sorts of things, and just like look back upon that and be like, like, oh, this is how I felt at that time, or oh, this was an interesting conversation. Like, I didn't think we were talking about religion for like 20 minutes just now, <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you, Danny. Appreciate yep. it. Um, like I said, Danny's my big bro. 
Um, we've known each other for a long time. I really appreciate him coming on here. He'll probably be back on in the future, but that's it for episode two of Chilling with Dylan, title pending. Uh, we'll see you all probably in a couple days, in a couple weeks. We'll see. Uh, there's no set schedule yet, but look forward to you guys in the next one.